0: Welcome back, bookworms, to the podcast that celebrates everything your book-loving soul desires. I'm Frances Everly, author and book lover and all-around bookworm, and this is The Bookworm Unleashed. Now, after my little break, I did decide to wait and read the highly anticipated sequel to Frost by C.N. Crawford, Um, we covered that in a previous episode, and I just could not wait for the second book. And let me tell you, it does not disappoint. Today's book is Ambrosia by C.N. Crawford, and it has everything, and I can't wait to share it with you. In this book, we find Torin, our king of the Fae, and Ava, our long-lost unseelie Fae in a whole new kingdom. And in Ambrosia, we learn more about the mystery of Ava's identity. She is as it turns out A very, very special Unsealy. Ambrosia begins with her exploring and hiding from dreadfully large spiders in the wild unknown of the Court of Sorrows, also known as the Kingdom of the Unsealy. Of course, she's not aware of where she is, only that she's got a completely new appearance in a completely foreign land, again, with dreadfully huge bugs. And she's being stalked through the woods. But guess who her stalker is? That's right. Her stalker is none other than her lover and king of her rival kingdom. Torin, king of the Sealy. He followed her through the portal that opened in, at the end of frost when she landed accidentally in his throne and cracked his throne. The very portal that sent her through to her home. He is, of course, shocked to discover that she is not a common fae as he had supposed, but rather an unseelie. Her horns are a little bit off-putting, but it does not deter him from wanting to be with her. He decides to be the gallant king, and as soon as he can determine if she will be safe in the Court of Sorrows, he will leave. But there is another stalker in the woods. And they are set upon by the queen's guard, led by Prince Morgant. Prince Morgant takes them prisoner and drags them to the kingdom. He imprisons them separately and tortures them. For answers. He deprives them of food and water. Of bathing. He beats Ava and makes Torin listen. Unable to do anything at all to protect her. Ava grows weaker and weaker and weaker. There's nothing she can do. And then one day it rains, and she decides she's going to wash her dress in the rain after getting some much-needed gulps of rainwater to rehydrate her seriously dehydrated body. And in the prison cell, several cells over in the dungeon, King Torin uses the last of his magic to open a very small portal to get the Sword of Whispers. The sword that can only be wielded by the true king of the Seelie, the true king of fairy. Because all others would succumb to the power of the Whispers and be driven mad. He uses this sword to cut through the walls of this castle. He finds Ava bare naked and doesn't ask her any questions as to why. He can only assume. And we all know what happens when you assume things. Right? I don't have to spell it out, do I? Regardless, he grabs Ava, he grabs her dress, and they make a run for it. They manage to escape this kingdom, yet they are still chased by the guard. They make a plan to find a seer that can see the future. I believe she's called the Veiled One and is the opposite of the seer in Fairy, who can only see the past. Her name is Modron. Now the Veiled One, they decide, will be the only one that can give them answers as to how they can escape the Court of Sorrows. Or even better, who Ava really is. They come across several impediments to their journey, including a giant praying mantis. But before <laughs> Torin, who is already weak from injury and all this battling going on, can take on this praying mantis. Ava somehow gathers the strength within her to blow this praying mantis off a cliff. That is quite the feat. for a common fay with no powers, don't you think? I think it's rather incredible. In fact, it's so incredible that nobody catches on that there was more than just a strong gust of wind happening here. But alas, nobody seems to catch on. Torrin's just a little bit like, huh? How'd that happen? And that's about it. It's not mentioned again. They have one tryst. One night together in this conveniently located and conveniently stocked and also conveniently abandoned cottage. They spend the night there. They get dressed and have coffee the next morning as if nothing has happened. It's a normal day. And they climb right back on the back of that horse and start climbing through the mountains to find the Veiled One. Only to be met with Morgant and his men. They are once again imprisoned, tortured, beaten. But we begin to see a softer side to Morgant. In fact, he's starting to take a bit more care of Ava and giving her cryptic messages on how to keep herself strong, uh, tips to use her powers, clues as to what she might be able to do or who she might be without actually giving it away. Unfortunately, but unfortunately, Ava's a little slow. and She doesn't catch on. In fact, she is brought before Queen Mab, the Queen of the Unseelie, and made to battle King Torin to the death. And wouldn't you know it, our dear King sacrifices himself for her. On the belief that Queen Mab will let Ava go if he dies, and if he doesn't die, then she will be thrown off the tower. His self sacrifice was for naught, as Ava was imprisoned once again, alone and grieving for her soulmate. She's angry. She's bitter, and her powers are making themselves known. They are growing until one day she hears the torrents being put on display in the court of sorrows, and this angers her to no end. She takes her life into her own hands at this point. She attacks Morgant, using her powers, and she escapes. She's bringing the castle down bit by bit by bit. She discovers the Veiled One is actually being kept within the castle itself, and the Veiled One gives her a clue as to how she might escape from the Court of Sorrows. A mirror by a forge in the Temple of the Ash Goddess. But first Ava's got a score to settle with Queen Mab. And so she uses her powers... To battle her army. She's battling through the hallways of this castle as if she is a warrior on a mission. And it's incredible. I want to see this on the big screen. So come on, Netflix. Come on, Amazon. Let's get this out there because I want to see this. This is oh, everything. My Gothic, romantic heart desires, to be honest. But I digress. Back to the book. She is battling this army with her powers, and she is taking everything down. Everything. The castle is built around a giant tree, and she's got the tree. Moving. So the castle is literally falling down around their ears. And she discovers that it, the rumors are true. Torn is on display in the Court of Sorrows. This angers her to no end, and she attacks Queen Mab. She attacks her soldiers. She brings them all down. And she releases Torin's body. I apologize. She doesn't release Torin's body. Because Torin's not dead. It turns out that Morgant had been ordered to heal Torin. So, yes, Torin was on display. But as a prisoner. Not body, not one of the executed. She manages to release him and regain the the Sword of Whispers. And together, they escape once again. And they find their way to this Temple of the Ash Goddess. They find this forge that the Veiled One has spoken of. They make love once again. Now you might be asking, how are they able to do this when Torin has been cursed by the Unseelie Queen to freeze to death any woman he ever loves? And the answer is conveniently this. He has no powers and therefore no curse in the Unseelie court. We also discover that Ava is not an uncommon Unseelie. In fact, she is the heir to the kingdom. She is the future queen of the Court of Sorrows, and you guessed it. The daughter of Queen Mab, the long-lost daughter, Isabelda. The daughter who was taken from her and made to believe was murdered before her eyes by a fairy with the powers of illusion. This is the reason for the curses the Queen Mab has placed upon Fairy. We also discover that she is not the one who's cursed the land to winter. In fact, she knows the answer to this curse. It was never her curse, yet she was blamed for it. Her daughter was taken from her in the belief that if she could not, would not end this curse, then they would not give her her heir. The whole thing is just tragic. It's almost like Romeo and Juliet, except there is a happy ending to this. (laughs) A very happy ending. Anyway, they spend one more night together in the temple of the ash goddess before separating once again. Sadly, it is with the belief that they will never see each other again, because he cannot touch her in the court of fairy without killing her. And so to keep her safe. He re- will return to fairy without her, and she will return to the human realm. Only when she does, it's to discover that her best friend, Shalini, never returned at all to the human realm. When she discovers this, she is mortified, She's horrified, and she is determined to fight for her friend. In fact, she is determined to fight for everyone she loves and cares about. She is determined to be with Torin. And I've got a quote here that just uh, made my heart sing that I want to read to you guys, Okay. I would tear my own kingdom apart for you if it meant we could be together. Isn't that beautiful? Just let that sit with you for a second. I absolutely love this quote. And so she returns to fairy at this point, Fairy has been in a deep freeze for months. Months. With none other than her rival on the throne claiming to be queen. She's got a dragon keeping the people hostage. She is taking prisoners and anybody who might be loyal to King Torin and hanging them in cages on the castle wall. She is torturing people, looking for answers, trying to find Torin, trying to find the Sword of Whispers, and trying to keep Fairy under her thumb. By doing that, As if you remember in the first book, they needed a queen to sit on the throne in order to bring spring back to the land. This is against everything this evil queen, this little bitch, (laughs) desires. She doesn't want to bring spring, she wants subjects she wants to subjugate subjugate her people through terror through torture and through pain fairies are getting sicker they are dropping dead from the cold they are starving And still, she does nothing to help them. In fact, she uses Modron to spread lies and propaganda against Torin throughout the kingdom. She tries to make them angry with him, to rebel against him, to reject him as their king, should he return. She would have done an excellent job of it, too, if he hadn't returned. But he did. And very soon after his return, his beloved Eva returns with her new powers and his sword of whispers. They battle against this evil usurper. They free their friends and heal Shalini's frostbite and heal their kingdom. By battling it out with this usurper, by battling it out with Modron, the one who created this freezing curse in the first place, They threaten the kingdom with a giant tidal wave. Yet, Ava and Torn are able to combine their powers to build a giant wall to stop the majority of the destruction of the wave. And then they battle the dragon. They battle. It's evil queen. They're victorious against both of them, and they very quickly put an end to Modron, and by so doing, they end the curse on all of fairy. It's absolutely beautiful this story, because the end of his curse is also The result of his loving Ava. You see, Queen Mab's design with this curse was that if he could not love her unseelie heir, he would not love at all. So he unknowingly undid his own curse by falling in love with Ava. By Burning for her. I was a little bit disappointed with the epilogue in this book, but I am so grateful that CN Crawford added an extra epilogue, which you can download off her if you sign up for her newsletter. And I am so happy that I did. In the first epilogue, it ends with Ava opening her own bar in Fairy. It's a bar where Fay and Unseelie can get together and unwind in a place that is neutral. And it's open to everyone in the kingdom. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter if you're common or royal. Everybody is welcome at Chloe's. Gave me a bit of a cheers vibe, but with a touch more elegance, of course, because it is in fairy. And Shalini is having her happy ending, with the not <laughs> with the no longer celibate. Aaron, the guardsman, for King Torin who stuck by her side for all those months trying to protect her from Queen Moria and her dragon and the frost. So, both Ava and Shalini get their happy endings. Now, in the bonus epilogue, we get a fairy wedding. And I'm not going to ruin that for you. I think you should read this book and sign up for C.N. Crawford's newsletter yourselves and take a canter because I've already spoiled so much for you. So I will not spoil that either, but definitely worth it. (laughs) Like I said, this, this author is quickly becoming one of my favorites. And I absolutely loved the second book from her. And I can't wait to read more. Now, next week, I will be reading Dragonfly Wishes. It's a cute little short story that I cannot wait to dive into. So until then, book friends, keep reading.